Welcome to ISS Corporate Solutions, ESG Unlocked, a podcast that features engaging and insightful discussions with various ESG experts around the world. Our goal is to engage a broad audience to unlock the value of ESG and the impact that companies have on a brighter and sustainable future. I am your host, Pamela Mutomwa. The topic for this episode is cybersecurity risk as a growing ESG issue. And our guest is Kimberly Manny Busan, who is the head of cyber strategy at ICS. Kim brings over 20 years of expertise and experience. And prior to joining ICS, Kim held a director position at FICO, where she led the business development strategy for the FICO cyber risk product. And now to provide a little background on this topic, I'd like to start off by mentioning that since ESG practices became adopted, cybersecurity has not been considered a part of ESG, but due to some recent trends, such as the increase in high impact data breaches, cybersecurity is now seen as integral to ESG. Now, Kim and I will touch on, firstly, some of the current cybersecurity trends, secondly, how cybersecurity risk is financially material for companies, and lastly, what companies should consider in implementing an effective ESG program. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pam. It's nice to be here. Absolutely, Kim. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So I want to kick off our conversation by acknowledging perhaps the obvious (laughs) that a lot has changed since the COVID-19 pandemic begun. And amongst other things, it really brought to light how cybersecurity risk management is imperative. So how about we start off with you defining for our listeners what cybersecurity risk is and perhaps sharing with us some of the current trends that you're observing right now? Yeah, absolutely, Pam. I I mean, look, cybersecurity risk is quite simply any potential exposure or loss an organization may suffer as a result of a cyber attack or a ransomware event. And some of the common uh, information security threats that we see that come from these types of threat actors really stem around malware attacks, social engineering, spamming phishing, denial of service attacks, and even third-party breaches. So when we think of the threat actors executing these types of information security threats, we're looking at individual actors, we're looking at ransomware groups, or even sophisticated state actors that come from uh, countries like Ukraine, North Korea, China, and even more recently, Iran. It was noted just in the newspaper this month that three Iranian nationals were indicted orchestrating or at least implicated in orchestrating a large-scale attack or potential attack on a critical infrastructure network across the U.S. So when we think of that and we think of those types of uh, threat actors that are presenting risk to organizations across the globe, this is really a challenge. So you mentioned trends. I I think it's trends, but it's also challenges. What are companies facing as it relates to the type of challenges that the threat landscape faces today? And really, it stems from COVID, COVID-19, the work from home effort really impacted the security landscape and placed a lot of pressure on uh, security teams to ensure that they protect organizations' networks from these types of debilitating breach events. And when we did enter COVID, I think we all knew that while we got to work from home, that challenge was really doubling 
the tasks that IT security teams have as it relates to protecting these networks. So that became a really big challenge. Yeah. The second challenge really was around uh, supply chain risk. We know, um, and there's a number of statistics, and I think throughout the course of, of what we see even this year, a lot of the breaches have occurred through third-party supply chain vendors. So really focusing on how companies are managing and mitigating those risks is really a challenge across the cybersecurity landscape. Yeah, it's um, interesting you say that because I was reading a Gartner article the other day And it said that it predicts by 2025, 45% of organizations worldwide will have experienced attacks on their software supply chains, which apparently is a threefold increase from 2021. That's really something to take seriously. Yeah, and I, I, I would expect that that number is going to increase as we start to see more digital transformation and companies outsourcing services to cloud service providers, third party vendors. It's all happening. So that is a cause for concern and certainly a challenge across the cybersecurity landscape. And then third, I think the third challenge is really just the basic human factor. We have a lot of IT folks that are managing and protecting organizations on a day-to-day basis, but no one's perfect. And so making sure that companies have a culture first around identifying and promoting cybersecurity awareness is really critical. Making sure that employees are constantly trained, making sure that they are constantly aware of the security policies that are in place across an organization is going to be really critical moving into these you know, next few years as these types of threats start to evolve. Again, to put a number to that, I see that the average cost of a data breach is about $4.5 million dollars. That's the average cost of a data breach. I think that's that's huge. That speaks to the fact that, you know, any form of negligence, like you're talking about human error being the common thread to um, vulnerability. That's exactly right. And a lot of that most recently, I suspect, has been tied to ransomware events. So going back to thinking about a, what a ransomware event, it's usually tied to malware activity. And so we certainly see that that is something that's cause for concern across many organizations. Yeah. All right. So Kim, in knowing that the average cost of a data breach is really massive and how they're on the rise, and we see that company stakeholders, such as investors, employees, regulators, and like we talked about the supply chain partners, they're all starting to pay attention to cybersecurity vulnerability and also data management practices by these companies. But it looks like companies don't seem to be too keen to publicly disclose their risk levels or even really share any data on their threat activity or incidents. So specifically for investors, to what extent do they care about cybersecurity? What have you you observed regarding that? I mean, that's a great question, Pam, because we know just with being here within ISS Corporate Solutions that investors do care. And that is becoming increasingly a big concern. I think RBC put out its responsible investment survey in 2021. They cited it was the second biggest concern across investors. And and we see that that's accelerating as we start to see more ransomware events and breach activity occurring. Shareholders and our our investors want to know what companies are doing to manage and mitigate cybersecurity risks and protect these organizations from these potential debilitating events. 
So certainly investors become more tuned to the impact of cybercrime and the financial impacts that organizations could face along with reputational and other types of harm that we know yeah. uh, to be true in these types of events. And then, you know, if you think about it, ESG fits naturally into that. Investors use ESG strategies and themes and analysis to really understand how companies are managing from a governance perspective, various different areas of social, environmental, even governancing. And so when we think of cybersecurity, we really should think about really focusing cybersecurity across the entire ecosystem of the ESG theme, yeah. um, because it naturally is an organizational risk. And, you know, we're talking about, we mentioned that stakeholders include regulators. And I noticed that the SEC is really stepping in now to fill that gap of making suggestions really, or setting up disclosure rules for how companies can actually disclose this information. Yeah, that's a great point that the SEC did propose rules for disclosure of cybersecurity issues earlier this year in, in March. And we anticipate that those rules will go into final act in 2023. And so when you look at those disclosure rules, they really break down into four focus areas. We're looking at how well organizations disclose material breach events. And there's a time reporting requirement that's attached to that. So if a company deems that breach event material, then they have four business days to actually report that that breach event occurred within, within their organization. Second thing that the SEC is really requiring through the disclosure practice is to identify and really disclose, provide transparency to the investors, how they're managing and mitigating risk through information security practices. And that applies to not only the organization itself, but to their third party supply chain. Remember at the outset of our podcast, uh, a lot of that breach activity has occurred through that third party supply chain. Yeah. And I think those are all important factors. And it's it's really good to note that the SEC is stepping in to provide some guideline that really supports companies and investors are like both sides win from knowing exactly what to look for and how to share that information. Yeah. And I mean, I would say that they're doubling down, even doubling down on wiring boards to really disclose expertise across uh, executive level boards and mm-hmm. executive level teams. What's the level of cybersecurity expertise across company boards so that folks can really understand when management teams and IT teams and CISOs are really articulating the issues at hand, there is some level of expertise across that board and executive level team. Speaking of that, now you're describing what boards are also implementing and looking into themselves in terms of skills. Which really brings us to the next phase of our conversation. We see that there are various negative impacts to a company when there is a cyber attack. Customer confidence can be lost. I think you mentioned reputational damage, the potential impact on stock price, and even possible regulatory action or litigation for that negligence, if there is such. And these possibilities touch all aspects of ESG, like you said. And now reinforcing that cybersecurity being at the heart of ESG strategy is critical to demonstrate good governance for stakeholders. I think we've definitely reiterated that through some of the highlights we've talked about already. Now, my question for you, Kim, is how can a company do so effectively? 
Yeah, it really ties back to the ESG framework. And if you think about ESG frameworks and the principles that are tied to ESG, it's really measuring good corporate behavior through environmental, social, and governance, governance themes. So when we think about the ESG principles, cybersecurity touches all three of those themes. And, and it may not be obvious, um, certainly obvious from a government's perspective, they're not governing and, and managing and mitigating risks across the enterprise from a governance perspective, that's pretty clear. Yeah. But where it's not as necessarily clear is where it touches E and F. And when we think from a social perspective, it certainly does. It, it certainly impacts consumers. For example, Twitter, great example. We know at the beginning of the year, it was announced that Twitter suffered a large data breach impacting close to 5.4 million Twitter accounts, which included loss of names, emails, phone numbers, stuff that we see within PII that's certainly relevant. Yeah. And when we when companies lose that type of information to, to threat actors, customer confidence certainly declines. Folks are very concerned. Investors are very concerned about how companies are handling private information and the privacy rights that are attached to consumers. So certainly strong connection to the social uh, theme of ESG. When we think of environmental Think about, again, tying it back to critical infrastructure. If you think about maybe a water plant system or a filtration system um, that is filtering a city's water, um, a hacker or even a state actor can easily pack into uh, the filtration system or the network system that manages the filtration. And we've known that to happen. There was a city in Florida, I think a couple of years, that actually experienced high levels of poison within their water system. So when we think about the aspects of environmental impacts, that's certainly something to consider as it relates to critical infrastructure and the vulnerability that we face with these types of systems, whether it's medical healthcare systems, whether it's, as I mentioned, environmental systems, it all can have an impact. Something that I've also come across reading some thought leadership within ESG, is that cybersecurity risk should be a whole separate pillar of its own within the ESG framework as technology. So basically ESGT versus just pure ESG. What are your thoughts on that perspective? Yeah, I mean, this comes from, and this stems from some research papers that have been produced a couple of years ago by two good friends of mine, Maya Bunt at Swiss Re and Andrew Bonine Blanc at the GEC Advisory where they really tried to identify through ESG practices whether or not there should be a separation of technology and highlighting from an investor for investors how companies are managing those types of risks. Now, one could argue that you know you either apply your reporting in your framework to ESG or you can apply it to what both Maya and Andrea suggested was really focusing on the digital transformation of organizations, the way that technology is evolving. You think about quantum computing, where where we're going to go with quantum computing and how are we going to be able to protect organizations and their digital assets if we go down that road. And so I thought they came up with some really good thought leadership and, and a good framework for companies to consider how they should report these types of risks, whether it's yeah. just pure ESG or whether it's ESG&T. 
it's really good to note that there is quite a bit going on in this space to support cybersecurity awareness, but also, of course, its management. And even more specifically, establishing that it does need to be integrated into the whole organization and not kept exclusively in a separate corner in order for it to be effectively managed in an ESG framework. That's absolutely right. And I think we'll see more more companies adopting and being more proactive as we start to see the regulations roll out in their final form. Investors are certainly interested in hearing what companies are doing from a disclosure perspective. It would uh, certainly be of service, Kim. This is actually a good place for us to conclude by summarizing this insightful conversation for our listeners. And I'll start by saying that cybersecurity is an ESG issue and really should be included within a company's ESG governance framework and strategy due to its materiality for both value and performance in the short-term and long-term growth for any company. And one can see that cybersecurity investment, awareness, and impact will continue to increase exponentially as economies become more digitized and interconnected for a company not only to survive in this rapidly changing environment, but also to thrive. We also learned about pending regulatory laws, which will tighten the requirements around a company reporting specifically material cybersecurity events, along with how boards are disclosing oversight of their organizational cybersecurity risk management practices. It's also very important to emphasize that companies that do recognize the benefits of good governance will absolutely take a proactive approach to managing and mitigating cybersecurity risk through an ESG framework, which will of course provide investors the transparency and insight needed for them to feel good about their investment decisions in a company. So Kim, thank you for joining me on ESG Unlocked and sharing all these great nuggets with us. And of course, I absolutely look forward to having you back again in the future. Thanks for having me, Pam. It was great. Appreciate it. This was ESG Unlocked, brought to you by ISS Corporate Solutions. And as your host, I appreciate you listening in and encourage you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues, as our mission is to help you better understand the ESG landscape. And please subscribe to get an alert for new episodes and follow ISS Corporate Solutions on LinkedIn for webinars and insightful thought leadership pieces as we continue to explore and unlock the value of ESG.